When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Sure, she'll stop farming when pigs fly. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, we are most definitely getting spoiled by this stretch of weather we've enjoyed this week. Good morning, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Youngke. Welcome to a Wednesday. It is not your typical feel for the first week of November. We'll see sunshine again today. Daytime high is going to top out around 71 degrees. And then things slowly start to change. Tomorrow, mostly sunny skies, 70 degrees during the day, but then as the afternoon wears on, that's when we've got a chance of precipitation and cooler temperatures starting to circle back in the state. I'll let Stumacher, ag meteorologist, tell you more about that. He's coming up. So are our friends from Wiffles. They are going to give us a quick harvest update for your Wednesday. Whether it's the sound of the carnival or the taste of the cotton candy or your first blue ribbon, we all have memories of the fair. Here's your chance to share those stories in our Everybody Has a Fair Story contest. The Midwest Farm Report is teaming up with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs to offer cash prizes for your fair stories. Entries are being accepted all summer long and there is no limit, so tell us all of your stories. To enter and see full contest details, visit MidwestFarmReport.com. It's in the rearview mirror now, but boy, I'll tell you, when that 95th National FFA Convention convened in Indianapolis, memories were on the way. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee, the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and we're really fortunate that uh, Joe Welke had a chance to make the trip down to Indianapolis, uh, aside from chasing down kids and making sure that we were recognizing all the special honors that Wisconsin brought back. A little bit of transition that you also had a chance to witness while in Indianapolis. That I did, Pam. I caught up with, up with Dr. Scott Stump. He's the CEO of the National FFA Organization. This is Joe Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn. We sat down and had a little chat. He's been in that position for a year and a half now, and he told me a little bit about what he's seen so far. We talked about the numbers and we talked about teachers and the shortage and how they're meeting the needs of the increased numbers of FFA members and ag and the need for ag teachers. We also talked a little bit about funding going forward and the future and what he's seeing coming up. Yeah, uh, it's an exciting time and uh, so pleased to be with you today, Jill. And uh, I will tell you, uh, you mentioned the Sea of Blue Jackets and uh, um, yeah, I don't get to wear a jacket today. It's more of a sport coat, but uh, I'm so glad that I did wear the jacket as I was working my way through middle and high school in northeastern Indiana because uh, it was absolutely the foundation that prepared me to do what I'm doing today. And, you know, as I look at the year and a half uh, that has passed, uh, I'm full of hope uh, for the future because uh, we're growing uh, 850 thousand members across this nation, highest in our history, uh, and we're growing. So uh, as we look to the future, how do we continue to provide meaningful experiences, whether it be at national convention or the state convention in Wisconsin that I was so blessed to go to this year, and, and most importantly at the local level, because our difference is made most when a teacher and a student uh, are able to have that conversation where a teacher goes, I think you can do this, and the student goes, no, but the teacher wins, and that makes all the difference. And you talked about the growth. With that growth, the need for more teachers. How is that need being met? 
Absolutely. Uh, and any good deed does not go unpunished. And yes, we are absolutely in, in a need for ag educators. And, and I'll be honest with you, uh, we've been investing along with our partner uh, in uh, the National Association of Agricultural Educators uh, to, uh, for the past many years, to have a Teach Ag campaign that provides funds directly to states to, to expand their recruitment and their retention activities within the state. And that's been a huge part of our growth to this point. But we know as we continue to grow, we've got to do more. And so uh, actively uh, through our strategic plan, we are looking at how we can better empower state leaders uh, and local teachers and grow the qualified instructors that truly do make a difference in our organization. With expanding those teachers, we swing on back to the funding part of it. How's the FFA working with its fund, fundraising and working with its donors to get, get the experience out for as many kids as they can? FFA and Ag Education is funded uniquely because there is a federal funding stream with the uh, Carl D. Perkins Act that provides the Perkins funds out for career and technical education for agriculture and all of the other skilled trades along with state funds that are uh, each state different in how they invest in that space. But I will tell you, I'm encouraged, uh, where we don't have control over the state and federal funding stream, uh, but we do get to keep a close eye on it. And there is a desire across uh, state uh, legislators and policymakers across the country in expanding uh, the work of skills. You know, for decades, uh, we've been on a push for um, academics, which is great, but it was academics only and at the expense of really truly developing that whole person, helping them find their career path, and honoring uh, the one and two year degrees and certificates that are so desperately needed. Uh, you know, from welding to the techs that are working on the, the large equipment, and especially as the equipment starts to have uh, autonomous functions, and as we have smart systems uh, out there, uh, we need students that uh, can absolutely troubleshoot electronics and pneumatics and sensing uh, systems, and that's the space that uh, we look forward to uh, working with states to, to help them take uh, whatever investments they want to make into local programs and help them succeed. I'm happy to say that we announced uh, on uh, Thursday morning or Thursday evening our convention at our uh, foundation sponsors dinner uh, that uh, the last year we've had uh, two or twenty million dollars uh, in support from both our corporate and our individual givers it continues to rise and we appreciate so much all of those that contribute at a national level those that invest at a state level and absolutely those that are investing in local chapters to help them uh, meet the needs of their students and grow leaders so do you feel like the FFA has really made an impact on the school districts and getting the word out about the need? It's an area that we're going to grow in. And again, under our strategic plan, one of the core areas uh, is empowering teachers and uh, state leaders. One part of that is equipping them uh, with that information to share with the school administrators. And uh, for the first time in a long time, we hosted an administrator's track uh, here at conventions, so principals and superintendents that are somewhat removed from the classroom and honestly may or may not have ever experienced a school as they come into a, a new school district, uh, what an FFA program is and why are we investing in maybe an extended contract? Why did the students go out of the classroom all the time, like to national convention? And so uh, working uh, with that group, uh, it was great to uh, let them see the convention and understand that we are developing potential uh, for premier leadership, personal growth, and career success. Uh, and no, that's not going to be sitting in a classroom. That's going to be learning it by doing it, by standing in front of their peers and communicating their ideas and thoughts and getting feedback on that, learning and coming back and doing it better the next time. Uh, we're about to launch a national study, research study, to uh, tease out 
what are the, the, the three-year right after high school, the short-term impacts, and then what are the long-term impacts that as our students go out into uh, communities and companies across this nation and uh, become a part of the workforce, what difference does FFA make? We, you and I and all those involved absolutely know and can feel that difference. We're going to try and document that and put that in the hands of teachers to share with school boards and administrators to say, you absolutely need to not just continue your investment, you need to grow your investment. What else do you think is going to go on in the future? Yeah, we are going to make some significant changes over the next uh, probably decade. Uh, we're going to start laying the groundwork in the next three years uh, around evolving our programs and experiences. When I look and, and throughout this conference or convention, we have met with a variety of uh, uh, sponsors and uh, those heavily involved in the agribusiness industry and have been having the conversation uh, about where are we headed and who would have ever thought that, uh, yeah, the uh, 14s, 15s, and 16-year-olds would now be out of a, a job of driving the grain cart because the grain cart's going to be automatically following the combine. Uh, as we look at the ag of the future, we need our students to be ready for what's next. And there's going to be significant changes. And so as we look across our suite of uh, you know, career development events, the, the old judging contest that some of uh, your listeners might remember, uh, yeah, they are going to need to look dramatically different uh, or new competitions will be needed to put into place so that we are incentivizing and getting students interested and excited about where agriculture is going. And do you find your future is guided a lot by your donors and your sponsors, really making a connection with what is going to be needed? We uh, take uh, advice holistically from uh, teachers, from teacher educators, from uh, yeah, they, uh, looking within the space of ag research, and yes, absolutely, with our corporate uh, partners. And a large part of that, uh, you know, my roots, I, I was an ag teacher <laughs> in uh, northern Indiana, and two things that my dad made me promise when I started teaching. One, uh, be a part of the professional organization, so be a part of NAAE, the National Ag Teachers Association. He also then said, you will have an advisory committee. So from my early years, back in 1990 when I started teaching, I had a group of individuals in that community, and their task was not just to help out at the banquet, not just to make sure that uh, we had the awards and the, the, the great internship opportunities, but most importantly, it was for them to guide me as the agriculture instructor into what are the most important things for this community that I need to be preparing my students for. And you take that and scale that from a local to a state level that needs to be happening and ultimately on a national level. We need to be listening. And we had focus groups this week that were focused around what are the emerging skill sets that are currently not part of our standards. And one of those that we found was sustainability and this whole conversation about how farmers and ranchers uh, can gain an economic viability through the carbon market and how we prepare students uh, to help uh, prior generations really maximize uh, the value on the farm uh, as they've been stewards of the soil for so long. And for anybody out there that wants more information about the National FFA organization, how can we find out more? Thank you for throwing that question out there because uh, we do have a tremendous set of resources at FFA.org. Just go to FFA.org. Uh, stories uh, about our students. So if you want to be inspired, if you want to feel good about the future, uh, go to FFA.org. And right across the front screen, there's always a carousel of a variety of different stories of the great things our students are doing. Uh, and then we'll also have uh, from this convention all of these sessions recorded that you can go in and catch up on anything that you might have missed. Great information, really inspired me. I've not been immersed in the FFA, the National FFA organization as far as I've ever been this year. 
So I appreciate your time. I think we've got a lot of things going in the right direction, and I look forward to seeing what else we can put out there and immerse those students in. And that was Dr. Scott Stump, Chief Executive Officer for the National FFA Organization, and I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. In the field, it's good to have a friend you can count on. One that's hardworking, trustworthy, and always shows up. Just like LG Seeds. Our corn hybrids and soybean varieties deliver consistent performance across all your acres, giving you reliable yield you can expect. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit lgseeds.com for more information. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. When it comes to jewelry appraisals, get to know your Denny's jeweler. There's a number of different reasons a person will do appraisals. We just say bring in everything. It's so fun because it's like when somebody brings that stuff in and they're all excited, then they start thinking about it and where it came from, which is priceless. I'm Pete Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. Some people say that at Wiffle's Hybrids, we march to the beat of our own drum. But we don't mind that one bit. Because of staying independent and U.S. farm family owned and focusing on corn and corn alone makes us different than other seed corn companies, well, we just don't know any other way to march. So make your choice and plant your independence. Plant Wiffle's. Ham is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty, here we go. Let's get wound up and ready to enjoy another day of beautiful weather. Time for our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Our man Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us this morning, and I'll tell you what, buddy, uh, this is this is just fabulous. I know people are near exhaustion, but this is really turning out to be a fabulous harvest opportunity. Oh, it's been just great, and the nice conditions continue, but now I can add that little stress feature. Not that I want to, but uh, some rain chance looks to be brewing, and I think as we wrap up this week or start the weekend, some pretty wet conditions may very well roll on in. And by pretty wet, I'm talking rain amounts of an inch or even two becoming a possibility. It looks like as things shape up with this big low that's out in the Pacific Northwest, all around Idaho, Western Wyoming this morning, 
that big low is pretty slow moving, and it's going to drag a little wavy frontal boundary in from the north. A cool front that I expect will be in the eastern Dakotas, northwest Minnesota, into the day tomorrow. And as it pushes further east, it will be able to draw in some moisture coming up out of the south, all the way from the Gulf of Mexico. And it doesn't just fly through Wisconsin. It moves kind of slow from Saturday through Saturday night. And it's at that time that I expect some rain. Oh, rain may even develop already tomorrow night, uh, late night, early into Friday morning, if you will. But then showers look to be a little more likely as we make our way through Friday and on toward Friday night. Late Friday, Friday night, a thunderstorm, not out of the question. There could be a thunder roller around the area. I wouldn't expect, you know, a real severe pattern, but a good garden variety thunderstorm. But the rain amounts could really start to add up. And I think we have to look specifically on toward Friday night, early Saturday, when rain amounts upwards of one, maybe even pushing close to two inches may start to add up. Oh, we'll get a little before that, a quarter inch or so Friday. But it could be heavier Friday night, lasts into Saturday, should end, so we dry it out by Sunday, which sounds like great news. Temperatures will be getting a little cooler with the clouds and rain, count on that. Uh, Not that we're going to get frigidly cold or anything. In fact, those temperatures cooling off into next week will still be on the above normal side. I'm looking on toward Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mid or upper 50s. That's above normal. So even after wet weather, it does stay a little mild. That's probably the best news I have to share because conditions just aren't going to be all that nice in those fields after we get done with this rain chance. The heaviest I would expect to be Friday night and just into the day Saturday. I'll have forecast details right after this. If you've got anxiety about being able to find a Thanksgiving turkey, well, worry no more. Bavaria Sausage has you covered. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here for Judy and the very busy crew at Bavaria Sausage. Now remember, they're located physically at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrunner Road in Fitchburg. Retail hours 9 until 5, but they're open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. BavariaSausage.com. And Judy says she will have fresh Thanksgiving turkeys ready to go. But... Order in advance, especially if you're looking for a bigger-than-average turkey this year. Again, she is ready to provide it for you and your family, along with all the rest of the holiday fixings you're looking for. I could barely get through the store myself because she's got so many authentic German holiday treats, including 12 different advent calendars. BavariaSausage.com. Bavaria Sausage in Fitchburg. Tell them Farm Babe sent you. Yeah, we're talking more about the turkey situation a little bit later in the show. Go ahead, Stu. I want to hear some details, though, on the amount of rain that you're projecting on this next front. That's the one I don't like to talk about. Our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. A sunny, beautiful Wednesday. Take advantage of it. I know we're all tired. Low 70s. Oh, 73, 74 at La Crosse. Again, with south winds about 5 to 10. Clear overnight, lower 50s only for lows. That's great. South winds at 5 to 10. Mostly sunny Thursday. Clouds roll in at La Crosse and even Boston by late tomorrow. Low 70s for highs. South winds 5 to 15, gusting to 30. Then Thursday night, that chance of rain developing late in the night. 
Friday, mostly cloudy. Showers, maybe a late-day thunderstorm. Mid-60s for daytime highs. Windier, two south winds, 5 to 15, gusting around 25. I'd say rain amounts Friday, quarter, maybe a half-inch, Pam, that up to one or two inches falling through Friday night into Saturday. Oh. And Saturday, we could still add another half-inch or so. I mean, it's going to be pretty wet when we start looking at Saturday and into Sunday. Oh, are you serious? That's a lot of rain. It's a, well, and that's especially southern Wisconsin. If you're looking back home to the farm, there won't be that much. But uh, south, south, central, southeast, probably the wettest part of the state here as we make our way through the weekend. Gadzooks. All right. Well, we'll talk more about it tomorrow before it gets here, okay? All righty. Sounds good. See you then. See ya. Stumach, our ag meteorologist, with that Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Uh, that's only going to put you in more stress if you're trying to get ahead. Compure Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Don't forget, visit Compure.com. I mentioned we're talking a little bit about turkeys, the situation as far as supply. Stephanie Hoff brings us details. Stick around. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. In the field, the right partner can make all the difference. One that's dependable, straightforward, and is there when you need them. That's LG Seeds. From our hybrids and soybean varieties to our service and support, reliability is in everything we do. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit lgseeds.com for more information. Wilkinson Auctions has a farm retirement auction Friday, November 4th, outside of Sun Prairie. The Gen Air Family Farm are retiring and offering their equipment at public auction. This auction includes tractors, specialty organic equipment, planting and tillage equipment, irrigation equipment, vegetable processing and packaging equipment, and tons of farm tools. This is a live auction with online bidding available. Farm Retirement Auction on Friday, November 4th. See the list, pictures, and get more info at wilkinsonauctions.com. That's wilkinsonauctions.com. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. People you know. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh, that needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local, William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry, your inspiration, your custom jeweler. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to our equipment. Check out the affordable, efficient, versatile tractor line at our equipment and ask for Mr. Versatile, Chunk Gill. And from the dairy farmers of Wisconsin, promoting Wisconsin's world-class dairy products since 1983. Look for their proudly Wisconsin badge on dairy products. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. 
Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flabs. Carbon World Health offers MSculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. MSculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Sweet Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. You know, Quay Walker, uh, proud to be the first-round pick, proud to come from the national championship, Georgia, and, uh, and a guy who, when he took about four or five questions in the locker room, and he doesn't talk much because he's, he's a respectful, learning, work-in-progress rookie. And I think he's going to be a great player, and I think he's, shown, he's made a lot of good plays. And as I've been saying, I, I noticed this a couple of weeks ago, there's an awful lot of teams that are saying, okay, let's run the Quay Walker site. Okay, all we got to do is put a tight end over there, have him run over the middle. That'll, Walker will bite on that every damn time, and we'll just run around tackle to that side, and we'll pick up seven yards on the next play. Um, Quay Walker was asked a couple of questions about his ejection and what happened in the play. And then when one of the people said, gee, you know, we saw you, there was a, a shot of you walking in the tunnel and walking into the visitor's locker room alone. You know, that must have been tough to sit here and watch the game from TV. He got choked up. He, I mean, he got tearful because, yeah. you know, he realized he wanted to be out there and he left his, he let his team down and how bad that felt to get, re, you know, ejected like that. And he, you know, he's like, look, you know, everybody on our team has said we've got to be more intense. We got to push back. And, and that's exactly what he did. There's this, um, uh, practice squad tight end that had been originally drafted by the Vikings standing there that's jawing at him and that's when he shoved him so Quay Walker says yeah I'm going on the outside I'm trying to stop James Cook a guy you know, I went to Georgia with on a running play and here's what happened on the play that got me ejected 
So I was making the tackle on the sideline on, on my former teammate, and uh, I just felt as I was getting up, I wasn't on him or anything like that. I just felt as I was getting up, I felt somebody pushed me from behind, and I probably misinterpreted on what it was. But I just felt the push, and I'm on this sideline, uh, feelings just flowing. You know, I'm very hyped and everything like that, and I just reacted out of emotion. Uh, but right away, as soon as I did that, uh, I regretted that I did that, but um, it's something I'm going to have to live with and I'm going to have to face. Uh, I'm willing to do so. But uh, I apologize to the guy that I did push, uh, although I did feel like I was pushed. But that may not have been the case. But at the same time, I'm sorry for what I did. And uh, I just got to face it. And it is what it is from that case. I went and watched it a couple times, Mike. It looks looked like the the Bills was a reserve tight end was just trying to help him up. I don't know if he was like, you know, maybe I misjudged it. But it looked like he was just trying to. Help him up. Yeah. He took it the wrong way. Tensions are high. Didn't it look like, though, Quay had his back turned to the sideline and someone, yeah, shoved him, and he thought that that was somebody shoving him, not helping him. Yeah. I mean, tempers are high right there, and, you know, a lot of tense moments on the field. Right. And so, and Rasul Douglas doesn't talk a lot, keeps it short, but, you know, in in the locker room after the game, the losing locker room, um, he said, you know, what do you want, man? You know, let us play football. I feel like we're playing football. It's the National League. It's the, these are the best players against the best player. It's going to get chippy. It's going to be a little holding this stuff. Sometimes you just got to let them play. It's, it's, the, it's the league. Bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? This, this is the top of the top. You can't call this like there's no middle school game or no high school game. It, this is big right here. You know what I'm saying? So you got to call it like that. Let people play. As long as it ain't a, egregious. Where it's like, all right, he can't make that play because you grabbing him or you holding him. It's like, all right. Like the Bob Tunyon touchdown that was called, like that was one of the worst calls I think I've ever seen. Well, and the thing that Rodgers and LaFleur were yelling about was, you, you've let these defensive backs hang on these guys. And so the one time that he's just trying to keep his balance and, and push back, now you're going to call that on offensive pass interference. You know that one play where Josh Allen – is running down to his left-hand side and ends up getting down to the goal line. It's about a 15-yard run, uh, and he passes about five Packers. I put it up on uh, the yeah. clip on my Twitter account. It's just because it, it kind of shows some poor tackling. What it really shows is Darnell Savage Jr. just blowing past <laughs> Like throwing a chicken wing out there, like his little I mean, elbow, like wing. Like. Well, he's got him dead to rights. You get, Joe Barry's got five guys in the vicinity to cover – this well-known scrambling quarterback right there. And it's not until Rasul and Adrian Amos are at the one to defend him going into the goal and, you know, hitting the pylon. They're the ones that, that, that get to stop. But they're savage. The safety, he is head-on with Josh Allen, and he just blows past them. He obliterated the air. Just, it was just a blur. Didn't even try to break down and hit him in the waist. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Another beautiful day today, and then things start to change. Today, sunshine and 71. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, 70 degrees. And then by the time we get to Friday, moisture moves in and 65. Glad you're along with us. I'm Farm Director Pam Youngke on this, the second day of November. On this day, back in 1954, Wisconsin voters opposed public television, actually in an overwhelming fashion. They opposed the idea of a state-supported public education TV station. Final vote was 
662,000 plus versus 295,000. Didn't like the idea of public television back in 1954, that's for sure. On this day in 1982, Ronald Reagan signed a bill to create Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and we're observing it even today. Happy birthday to former Friends star David Schwimmer. He is 56, and now you know. It is a Whiffles Wednesday. You know, when the harvest season is on, we want to keep you up to date on the latest information coming out of our fields. And with this weather, it's been absolutely glorious. Not exactly the way we might have thought it was going to go. Andy Grebner's along with us. He's one of our district sales managers with Whiffles. Yeah, you and I were kind of laughing before we started this conversation, Andy, that at first blush, when there were reports of snow and that kind of stuff happening around Wisconsin, it looked like it was going to be a tough harvest. Thank goodness that train turned around. Oh, it absolutely did. It was about two weeks ago on a, on a Monday, taking out my first test plot, and it was snowing. <laughs> <laughs> and moistures were pretty high. Yeah. And then you start to think, boy, hopefully this weather turns around. And we have been very fortunate the last couple of weeks that had some nice sunny warm days a little bit of a breeze not terribly windy um, but the corn has really dried down nice now what about yields what what's striking your fancy andy when you're pulling your plots overall yields have been i would say generally very good you know some of the fields have been coming out um you know some of the later maturities later planting are getting a little bit wetter but yields still have been very good Now, the test plot that I have taken out, we have a a new family of genetics. It's W3576, which is a 103-day double pro, and W3579, which is a smart stacks pro at 105-day. Both of those products have been doing very good in plots, and keep an eye out for those. Excellent, excellent. Now, let's talk a little bit about challenges that we all saw this year, Andy. A lot of talk that... I guess tar spot's just going to be a part of Wisconsin's future. I mean, we thought it was just going to be a blip on the screen. Now, every year, everybody seems to be seeing a little bit of it. Tell me a little bit about your observations. You're correct. Tar spot is here to stay, unfortunately. And we see it, we've seen it the last, what, four or five years, and it can be very detrimental on yield. And this year, saw it again. It did seem to come in a little bit later, which did help some of those fields, but so it's one of those diseases we're going to have to manage moving forward. And with that, it's going to be a, a fungicide application. Did the fungicide seem to do the trick? Absolutely. And it, it did. There was uh, various timings of fungicide right before uh, a tassel, which would be a pre-tassel application, and then all the way up to R2 to R3. And right in that window, it definitely seems to help. And Wiffle's agronomy team has 13 years of data with over 1,300 comparisons of a fungicide application right at that timing. And we have seen a positive yield result 79% of the time with over a 10 bushel advantage. And in that data set, you know, there are 78 years where we didn't have tar spot. So that yield increase is going to be much more, you know, in the last few years because of that. Excellent, excellent. Again, if you're just joining us, Andy Grebner's along with us. He's one of our district sales managers with Wiffles Hybrids. It's a Wiffles Wednesday. So again, Andy, just go back. I know we've still got some of the harvest ahead of us, but if you were looking at your uh, plots, at your data so far, where are you placing the emphasis on the big wins for Wiffles? 
lot of it has been on a, on a few of those newer products, the one I mentioned earlier, the 3576 and 3579. We also have some of our existing products, which I'm sure you've seen out in the field, which would be W4196, Double Pro, or 4198 Smart Stacks, and that's 105, 106 day. Both of those products have been performing very good. I'm very happy with those on um, both yield, dry down, and test weight. The other one right in that range, too, is W4246, another newer 105-day double pro. A couple more things to add. Definitely keep an eye on, on stock quality as we're moving farther into harvest. A lot of these fields I've been into, you know, as they're drying down to that, you know, 18 16% range, stock quality has been deteriorating. So make sure you prioritize harvest. Um, make sure you get those fields out first. I know we have some weather events coming in this weekend so try to prioritize those before anything happens yeah very good point andy grebner along with us folks it's a wiffles wednesday he is district sales manager for wiffles hybrids and remember those folks are ready to talk to you answer your questions get you lined up for next year you can find it all at wiffles.com as a dairy farmer you depend on your milk receiver pump mcfinn technologies of kenosha introduces the impressive bowpeller pump It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpillar Milk Receiver Pump, patented by McFenn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. As a proud sponsor of the WIAA, Rural Mutual roots for all of Wisconsin student-athletes. Whether they're a hometown hero or they dream of the national spotlight, sportsmanship keeps Wisconsin strong. Visit RuralMutual.com slash WIAA to learn more about how they support high school athletics. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. On the way, if you're concerned over finding a Thanksgiving turkey, relax. Stephanie Hoff has got the details in just a moment. Interesting little agribusiness tidbit this morning. John Deere Company has announced that they're going to invest more than $29 million to begin manufacturing harvesters in the United States instead of China. They are targeting Louisiana, where they already have an existing factory. According to Deere and Company, they say they want to invest in the United States. They'll create about 70 new jobs at this plant, and the jobs will offer an average salary of about $47,000. This new workforce will be added to approximately 311 employees already working for Deer and Company in Louisiana. But I think it's interesting with the way transportation has changed, the pandemic and the enforcement in China. Now Deer and Company wants to come back to the United States. Well, markets in overnight electronic trade are mixed. Right now, December corn is down three at 695. November soybeans up nine at 14.45. Again, remember yesterday, John Heinberg, our market advisor, said soybean crush plants are really making money on the oil and the meal, and they're buying those beans. December wheat is down nine this morning at 893. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained a penny and three quarters to 196. 40 pound block cheese, that was unchanged at 196. And double A butter, big drop on Tuesday, down 24 and a half cents to 270 a pound. 
the fluid milk contracts this morning. Right now, November milk is down eight at twenty fifty one a hundredweight. Stephanie Hoff with her st- turkey story next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When it comes to selecting your seed corn partner, we know you've got a choice to make. At Wiffle's Hybrids, we've made a choice too. A choice to remain independent. A choice to remain farm family owned. A choice to stay American. So, when it's time for you to make your choice, make a statement. Plant your independence. Plant Wiffle's. Do you have farm equipment to sell? Steffes Group is conducting a Janesville area farm equipment auction. This is an open multi-consigner event. If you have farm equipment you'd like to consign to this huge event, go to steffesgroup.com right now for more details. Consign your equipment early for maximum exposure. Don't miss out on your chance to be a part of this huge Janesville area farm equipment auction. Consign today. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. Sweet Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweet Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweet Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. In the field, it's good to have a friend you can count on. One that's hardworking, trustworthy, and always shows up. Just like LG Seeds. Our corn hybrids and soybean varieties deliver consistent performance across all your acres, giving you reliable yield you can expect. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit lgseeds.com for more information. Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report. My goodness, the holidays can be a stressful time of year, and I'm only in charge of the cheese tray this Thanksgiving. But one thing we can take off your mind is that you don't have to sweat about a turkey shortage. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Erica Swatsky is a sixth-generation turkey producer in west-central Minnesota. They raise 14-pound birds that are primarily used for Thanksgiving demand. Erica is also the poultry representative and president of the Minnesota Board of Animal Health. She says despite some of the headwinds in the industry, don't worry about an empty turkey chest at the grocery store. Really, there should be no worry or concern for um, from consumers. I raise light hens that when they go to market, they'll be about 14 pounds. And so those actually are the turkeys that typically a consumer would buy for Thanksgiving. And we raise those turkeys year-round, 365 um, days a year. We know our schedule. We plan it out a year in advance. So we, you know, last year knew... Um, the number of turkeys that we were going to be raising, which which didn't change. And um, like I said, we've been raising, you know, turkeys every day. And so freezer inventory, you know, has been stocked all year um, around. And so if you want to buy a turkey on Thanksgiving, you'll, you'll be able to, to find one. The bottom line is there will be a turkey available for you. But what if you're looking for a particular size 
or label or style on your Thanksgiving turkey? Not only this year, but I think every year, it's always it's always a good idea to plan ahead, right? Especially if you're looking for um, something specific. So I always, like when I, as a turkey farmer, get you know, questions from people in our community, I always say, hey, call a grocery store and just ask what, you know, what are, what are they going to have um, on hand for Thanksgiving and tell them what you're looking for. So I think it's always a really good idea to plan ahead and call your grocery store and say, hey, this is what I want um, to purchase for a Thanksgiving turkey. You know, are, are you going to have that? Because I think most stores will have that, but, you know, I don't know the quantity that they'll have. Um, I guess. So it's always a really good idea to just plan ahead and call your grocery store. Has there been any pressure on turkey supply due to avian influenza or supply chain issues? So really, you know, as as an industry, we have experienced, you know, some minor disruptions. Um, I think that's common in every industry that, that you look at. You know, my husband and I are currently remodeling a house. And so to get supplies to do that, um, you know, you do experience some disruptions. But for us, when we look at how high pass, you know, interrupted our industry overall on a, on a national perspective, it only affected about 3% of our population. So certainly for the families that, that um, experience it, there's some loss there. But, you know, kind of from a national perspective, 3% is pretty minor. What we haven't talked about yet is the price. Anyone that's been to the grocery store knows that prices are up. Is that the same for turkey? Yeah, you know, turkey prices have um, have been up a little bit, but we certainly have seen that, you know, all across the board when you go to the grocery store. But it's pretty common for grocery stores to use turkey as a as a loss leader during the Thanksgiving time. So, you know, I, I, I still think it'll be common for consumers to find a good deal on, on turkey for Thanksgiving. Erica, do you want to elaborate more on what you mean by turkey being a loss leader in grocery stores? And can you also lay out any other pressures on the price of turkey for 2022? You know, so when you look at the, I guess, the cost that, you know, raising a turkey, you know, if you're a crop farmer, you're experiencing higher prices for your corn and soybean, which is really, really good. But for a turkey farmer, that means that our feed cost is higher. So feed costs are a little bit higher this year. You know, fuel prices are are a little bit higher. So everything that comes to the farm or, or leaves the farm, you know, that fuel cost is a little bit higher. And even for us, you know, propane is a little bit higher. So, I mean, for us in general, all of our input costs are a little bit higher, which is going to be passed down to the consumer. But, you know, when we talk about um, lost leaders in the grocery store, it's really common every year that grocery stores will mark the price of turkey you know, down down a little bit from norm, from your other parts of the year, so that people will come in and and buy um, buy their turkey, and then the I think the thought process is as you know they'll buy their turkey there because it maybe is a little bit um, it costs a little bit less, but then they're going to buy the rest of their Thanksgiving dinner ingredients at the grocery store as well. Thanks, Erica, for explaining that to us. I want to dive more into high path avian influenza. You are the president of the Minnesota Board of Animal Health. Minnesota is a leader in turkey production. I'm just curious what you're doing in your role to keep the avian flu at bay, and when is it going to go away? You know, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? I wish I had, you know, like a, a glass ball that I could say, oh, it's, it's going to go away. But 
I don't think that you know anybody knows the knows the answer to that. That's that's pretty hard to to predict. And it's it's been a different virus this year. But at the Board of Animal Health, there's a lot of constant communication within the industry. It's important, you know, as we as we look at the the response at, um, activities that that everybody knows their job and everybody knows each other. There's um, consistent meetings and communication between everybody. There's a lot of information that is given out to growers who have both been infected and both have not. And that's been in conjunction with the University of Minnesota Poultry Extension and the Minnesota Turkey Growers Association. There's, there's a lot of good information that's passed out to, to growers. The Minnesota Poultry Testing Lab, which is located in Wilmer, and, and Wilmer is really known as kind of the, the heart of turkey country and in, in the state of Minnesota, they've been vital to our response efforts as well. And so so keeping, you know, constant communication and kind of an awareness of the poultry lab, even to our legislature, um, that this is a vital part of our um, our industry and, and we need this facility for testing. And we also do use the diagnostic lab um, at the University of Minnesota, and that's a really important part of our, our response as well. And so for me as president, being open to taking calls from growers and, and listening to what they're going through or their concerns, um, because all of that is, is important to hear what growers are going through and, and how can we um, you know, continue to improve ourselves as we move forward. Before we wrap up, Erica, I'm curious about what's been trending among consumers when it comes to turkey consumption. Is it a popular protein choice? Do you see expansion in the marketplace for turkey? You know, I can remember being like in elementary school and being in parades with my family. And um, our, our signs always said, you know, eat more turkey, low in, in cholesterol and high in protein. And so it really, um, I think for a lot of years, it's been known as a really, you know, nutritious um, and low-cost protein. Um, but one thing that we've noticed as, as an industry, uh, and I think particularly during COVID, is, you know, a lot of people started cooking more at home. And one thing that became um, fairly popular was smoking um, turkeys or cooking them on your barbecue or, or your grill. And so that's kind of a trend that has really picked up um, pretty recently. And, and actually, because of that, um, the National Turkey Federation has put on these events called Turkey Smoke. And so they um, kind of travel around the U.S. and have competitions on, you know, who can um, – who can smoke or, or grill the, the best um, turkey. And so that's kind of, that's a, a newer trend that we're seeing. And um, we hope that people continue to support us and eat more turkey because there's a lot of, a lot of variety in, in products there to choose from. Well, there you have it. Maybe a smoked turkey is what you'll want to try this Thanksgiving. Regardless, you shouldn't have a problem securing a bird for the center of your table this season. And this is despite some of the challenges turkey producers have faced over the past year. Laid out for us by Erica Swatsky. She's a Minnesota turkey producer who also serves as president of the Minnesota Board of Animal Health. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Three point four million people in the United States have epilepsy, and more than four hundred thousand of those are children. One hundred and fifty thousand new cases are diagnosed.